Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to Madcap. I'm Daniel Bloom. And I'm David Ross. We've got so many exciting shows we have to roll out. Just so many. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been running our mouths, mic'd up of course, with all sorts of interesting voices. Just a few highlights of some interesting episodes that come for the hip-hop heads. We have Ninth Wonder. We also have an interview with the Rebirth Brass Man, which is going to be stitched by Afim the Supreme. That will be out shortly. We have an interview with the great documentary filmmaker Barbara Koppel. Interview done in my car as she constantly opened and closed my glove compartment. We have an interview... Shit, where's my list? What about those uh, those two other acts that I was telling you about? Who These nuts! <laughs> These nuts. These nuts are coming out. Uh... They'll be out next Friday. I don't know the date on that. That'll be a pretty, that'll be a fairly brief episode. Uh, <laughs> but one of one of our most poetic. Watch out, public radio. <laughs> Watch out. So the protagonists of this episode join us from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, I'm Ted. And my name is Adam. And you comprise which band? Uh, shout Out Louds. Would you be willing to shout out loud for me right now? relatively cozy with Adam and Ted in the basement of the 930 Club as the 930 Club was still setting up. Sound check was going on upstairs. You may or may not hear some drums toward the end. It was special because the 930 Club was also the site, was the place that they uh, began their first, that was the first stop in their first U.S. tour. So it was cool to chat with these two gents about, about all sorts of fun stuff. But before we get into all of that... How about we let one of our favorite tracks by this group breathe a little bit? From their album, How How Gaff Gaff. This is Please Please Please. When we have artists on the show, we like to know about musical influences, what was played in the home, all that jazz. Here's Ted. My parents didn't play a lot of music at home. If they did, it was just like kind of 60s pop. I mean, like uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. You 
You said your dad's favorite song was. Um, uh, uh, he does like Bonnie Tyler too. Yeah. 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 When you were growing up in Wales as a, as a little kid, did you listen to English music or American music? Oh, Motown um, really influenced me a lot. She begins to steal the light. Confusion throws another mystery. It's out of focus with the eye. So now you wonder, is this just a dream? My dad is into music a lot. Now he only listens to opera, but um, he played a lot of like Led Zeppelin records, and so it's more more soul and rock, heavier stuff like Queen and, and Led Zeppelin and early Chicago. You know, if Johann Sebastian Bach were alive today, he would probably be be, be performing in a group similar to Chicago. You know, if Beethoven was alive today, he would probably be writing for those musical forms. But I remember stealing my sister's records. But that was most like George Michael. And Swedish pop music and British pop music. I'm gonna go ahead and put it into this before things get a little bit out of hand. It's uh, always hard to know how those things really affect you. Like my brother, you know, I, I was, he, he was really into music before. It was just kind of weird to think about now because he isn't really anymore. But he was, it was like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all that. I think it was just an interest of music. I remember he had this huge case logic yeah. case with like 400 CDs. That is, doesn't really exist anymore, does it? This huge, <laughs> case. you know, case logic. You know, yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. We can, you put all your records, and I think you, I think he maybe he lost it even, and then it's like oh, I'm not going to buy more records. What was uh, what was your first instrument? Uh, piano. Were you classically trained? Did you have a teacher? Yeah, I went to um, teach for about six years. What was the teacher's name? Anna. It was actually, I had her for two years, then I went back to a communal teacher. That was, she was free she was from school, but she was old and mean. She had this ruler that she hit my fingers when I, when I did a mistake. Well, you played it correctly. It's just that uh, it's a bit mechanical. It doesn't have enough feeling. Also, you sit too stiffly. You have to melt into it, like this. I, I remember it, I had to tell her that I, I was quitting because I want to go back to Anna. <laughs> and uh, I was like, she, I was crying, I was nervous, you know. You know, I was 12 years old. <laughs>
We gave their album Optica a listen, and then when reading articles about it online, we kept coming upon this phrase, Disney on drugs. I decided I needed more of an explanation. Have you seen, is it called Fantasia? Fantasia in, in Swedish is called Fantasia. And Mickey Mouse, like, you know, the wizard, he's, uh, you know, playing around with colors and it's very psychedelic, that movie. And we were talking about how we wanted the record to some like strings and some instruments sound almost like that. You know, well, the keyword for this record was light. And we talked about almost, you can almost, that you can almost touch the light and touch the music. It's very, we, we talked a lot about in lights and colors rather than in musical terms. Individually, what are your favorite songs on this album, on Optica? And have the best creation story. Okay, my favorite then is uh, 14th of July. Probably maybe because I didn't play on it. Because when I came down one day, they already wrote it. It was like they, you guys, you and Johannes kind of wrote it, and Carl in like half a day. I came down and it was already made and I was like, oh great, cool, this is great, perfect. <laughs> yeah, Sounds good. Worst show. When I say worst show, I mean anything could have happened. It could have been technical difficulties. It could have been bad fans. It could have been you were sick. You know what I'm saying? But worst show. I mean, actually, we did one show that was in the Netherlands uh, in a city. It was actually, that was sort of almost like a South by Southwest, but for Europe, a lot of booking agents come down and see bands and book them for, for festivals. And we did a show like 2 o'clock in the morning. The whole the crew that was working on that stage was super stoned. You have smoked yourself retarded. And they didn't help us at all, and we had to carry out games. And I remember you, you were so pissed off, so you kicked your pedal between the stage, like off stage. And we were like turning around, what the fuck happened? And you climbed onto the stage to look for them, and it was a horrible show. But actually, we got booked for a festival that show, so there was maybe something that a little bit magic there, so, <laughs> but that was yeah, we try, horrible. Usually, you know, usually somebody has a good, you know, since we're five, it's always somebody has a pretty good night. I guess in <laughs> Minneapolis there, uh, it last, on the last U.S. tour, it wasn't so good. I, you know, I was on paternity leave then, but I just heard the stories. The board was wiped out, and you guys, were, some of the band members are a little bit too drunk. And oh, yeah, the, the, the restaurant next door <laughs> had this deal where you get two drink cocktails for the price of one, and when you order any dish, you get two glasses of wine. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that's a great deal. And after 45 minutes, we were really pissed. And uh, we, I, 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 mean, I, I forgot choruses. I just forgot. I mean, it was not good. What do you do then when you forget courses? Or do you, like, does somebody just 
take it take it from there do you start saying it i mean do you start just taking uh, it depends kind of depends on how it goes sometimes uh, the rest of you can notice that's that he forgot about it then you kind of just try to play along as much as you can uh it's always better to just like keep a brave face because maybe the audience doesn't really know what's going on and stuff so you, most of the stuff you can kind of like pretend that all's good that's the best way there's no point of like looking weird and like walking over to just start talking then people know there's something wrong it's better to just just you know play it as it is so last question is uh relace these relace these pieces with a lot of music underneath what is a song that you would like to see in this piece it could be any any song any song i like um i've been listening to the band uh, unknown unmortal uh, unknown mortal orchestra from portland they have a song called so good at Hold on, I got it right over here. I forgot the title. So good at being in trouble. So good at being in trouble. Okay. It's a great record. Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Special thanks go to Adam and Ted for taking time to talk with us. And also special thanks go to Philip and Peter for helping arrange this interview. And last but not least, we need to thank the 930 Club for allowing us to interview one of their guests yet again without any hassle. Madcap does interviews in in a plethora of environments and we need to thank some of the people in the back end who help create quiet rooms for us uh, in very, uh, very last minute notice. So yeah, thank you to them. demonstrate the orchestration of the shout out louds impossible first a lead guitar lock and spiel next a bass guitar drums Hello, cowbell. And last but not least, the vocals. I don't want to feel like I don't have a future. I don't want to feel like it's on. Till next time, listeners, madcapdc.org. On Twitter and Facebook, at madcapdc. I don't want to feel like I don't have a future. I don't want to feel like it's on.
Madcap is produced by David Ross, Daniel Bloom, and Afim Shapiro. Future.